Hi, my name's Sam Simmons. Um, I'm currently sitting here drenched in sweat because I've got your horrible London lurgy, you foul people. My God, I don't. Uh, and I'm about to be prepared to like uh, do Christmas in London at the same time, which is pretty ridiculous. Like, I'm used to like you know prawns and barbecues on the beach and playing cricket and all that type of stuff. This is just miserable. What's a turkey crown, by the way? That's just revolting. What is that? It's like a malformed turkey with no bones and that's your thing that you buy at Iceland for eight pounds it's revolting you're revolting revolting people whilst you're being revolting you can probably come and check out my show at the Soho Theatre I'll be there being weird until the 6th of January um, you can check me out on Twitter at Sam Simmons with one extra S at the end um, I don't know why I can't have just mine with one S at the end but I've got to do two S's because there's a ITV presenter called Sam Simmons who does infomercials who's uh, taken Sam Simmons even though I've got infinitely more uh, followers. So screw you, Sam Simmons. Um, what else do I have to say? Do you want my mobile number? What are we doing? Anyway, um, do come along and see the show or um, check out some clips on YouTube. So Sam, how did you get into comedy? I was, look, I was working at the zoo, Melbourne Zoo in um, Australia. And I basically, I used to do enrichment, which is basically playing games with animals to stimulate them so they forget they're in captivity. And they used to stick me out in a paddock um, with a headset microphone on. Can I just explain? I'm explaining this whilst I'm literally having a massive fever. Like I'm literally dripping and drenched in sweat. And as you know, you can see it. It's horrible. I'm having like a bit of a fever spasm. Anyway, um, so half of this will sound made up, but it's not. Anyway, I used to... uh, So they'd stick me out in the paddock and uh, I'd have a headset microphone on and I'd be there basically because they take the elephants off display and I'd be out there basically raking up shit and then explaining to the general public um, what an elephant eats in their diet and stuff. Anyway, this is ridiculous. That that was my job, was basically um, doing education with the public as well. Did that make any sense? Anyway, and then um, I had a headset microphone on. There was massive speakers. I'd start telling jokes. So slowly... I evolved from um, picking up shit into telling jokes. That's how it started. And so what was your first gig like? I was wearing a wig. Um, It was pretty camp. And I was in a cabaret lineup. And um, it was awkward. But I actually, that first gig got me noticed to actually win this award, which I won this award called the Moosehead Award, which is to basically... um, give risky comedians in Australia the chance to actually put on a full-length show. And through that gig, that gig and one other gig, I was um, greenlighter for this award, so it was pretty good. I was lucky. I think my first year of gigs were pretty odd. Um, you know, occasionally I'd have, like, absolute crackers, but I've never done stand-up. So I'd just be in this uh, this world that was, you know, predominantly stand-up, and I'd just be, like, standing up there doing my weird shit. And, um, yeah, hopefully I'd... I'd win. And then having gigged on the Australian comedy scene and then over in London, how do you think they compare? Um, well, Edinburgh's fantastic. Um, that's, that's a place where people go to observe different things. London's a difficult one. Um, it can be a bit snooty, I think. I think there's a, there's a, there's a sense in London that we've, we've seen it all. Um, so, yeah, it can be a bit judgy, I feel, sometimes. It's not as... It's definitely not warm. The Australian... Um, you know, I've played outback pubs. I've played, you know, really rough mining towns in Australia and I've got more of a um, response than I do in London sometimes. Um, yeah, London's uh, right up its own art hole sometimes. But, I mean, I love the place and there's a lot of 
experimenting. There's lots of uh, lots of amazing stuff going on in comedy over here, but um, everyone's just like, yeah, well, you know, we're UK, we did it first, kind of thing. Um, I kind of I kind of cop that a bit, but um, yeah, it's very it's very different. It's just a bit generally warmer in Australia in many different ways. Would you say that there's more opportunity for alternative and risque comedians to flourish in Australia than in London? No, not at all. There's more. There's more. Um, there's more opportunity over here to be risky and edgy um, in the UK. But that's you know, I mean, the alternative scene over here is it's mainstream anyway. So I mean, most of your alternative acts are yeah, they're mainstream acts, aren't they? Alternative's not alternative anymore. And well, in your TEDx talk, which was called "Being Silly," you said that some people don't have time for silly, and that we're losing tolerance for silly. So, do you feel that comedians now need to be more silly, or they aren't silly enough? And do you feel that audiences are less tolerant of silly, even if they go to see live comedy? Um, general panels will rock up to a comedy night and just expect, um, you know, a lone male with a microphone. So, if you're doing something silly, if you're if you're you're a risk taker. I mean, I mean, there's many of them. Like you know, I guess kits and demand with a microphone. But um, you know, I've I've watched you know blue collar audiences kind of freak out at what he's doing. That was in the very very early days. Don't get offended, Daniel, if you do listen. I know you listen to a lot of stuff. Um, and uh, but the, the you know the general genuine risk takers out there at the moment are people like Claudia O'Doherty, and um, you know she's just she blows me away. But I think she's quite amazing. Um, but her having to uh, you know, front a, a comedy night in a pub, that's, you know, you just don't have to do it anymore. You don't, I mean, that's that's generally your circuit over in the UK is to do stuff like that. But, you know, you don't have to do it back at home in Australia, which is kind of cool. And your style involves quite a lot of audience interaction. So what do you think is the best way to deal with unresponsive audience members? Um, it wasn't always... Um, Interactions. Just the, the last two shows I've done, I've, I've ne- I never did it before last year. And then I think, sadly, the cycle I've got into back at home and over here is uh, pump out a, show, a new show every year, which I think is really hard. Um, and basically, with this latest show, I think I ran out of ideas, to be honest with you. I just kind of recycled some things. Um, and I'm writing a new show for next year. Then I'm, I need to stop and write a proper new show and take a couple of years to do that because yeah I, I'm finding it hard to generate a new hour every single year but I think I'm going to uh, rebuke the audience participation in this next show and make it because it, it's audience participation is all about um, I guess it's uh, it's based on just embarrassment and um what do you do? What, oh, I'm so sorry to be so vague. I'm very, very ill, and I'm sitting here sweating in a heap trying to explain my my methods. What's what, what is it, what's the word? I can't even think of the fuck word where you embarrass someone, where you humiliation. Thank you so much. Um, audience participation that I do, and and same as uh, people like Dr. Brown, it's uh, it's based on humiliation, and I, it only came to me recently. I was like, fuck, I'm just getting someone up out of the audience, and just I'm humiliating them. It's it's, it's kind of it's kind of nasty. So I really want to change that next year with the new show because it's not funny. You just it's basically like ancient Rome, and uh, throwing Christian saliva. So you've got like an audience sitting there going, yeah, yeah, humiliate him, make him feel, you know, it's and you know, sexually humiliating while sitting on his lap. So, yeah, there's a, 
it's it's hard doing the show at the moment when you just you're aware of that, just going, well, what the fuck am I doing? Um, I'd rather not be, to be honest. Yeah, I'd rather be sitting in the warmth of a, a Sydney beach, I think, somewhere with a with a beer, thinking of new wilder shows and uh, um, sitting in a theatre in London and freaking people out. Mind you, it's not a bad job. It's a fucking great job. But um, yeah, it's weird having these thoughts about what I'm doing that's wrong in comedy whilst you're doing that in comedy. So that's a bit strange at the moment. Well, you were saying before that you didn't really do audience interactions. So what made you want to start doing it? Because um, I, I, th- I thought it was always a very lame thing to do. I think um, audience interaction and yeah, participation and that type of thing is just really cheap and an easy way to get a laugh. Um, so the first show that I did um, with that was Meanwhile, The Precise History of Things. And I, that was, it was used in a kind of clever way. And it was to, you know, really, really quite extreme. But then it's just, it's like, it's in the zeitgeist and in the air. Then you notice like, you know, that all the shows nominated that year for the award, the award had really violent audience interaction, which is just weird. So it's got to go the other side of that. You'll probably see the new trend next year will be um, just straight proper stand-up will come back, which um, probably needs to because it is, it is getting all a bit too silly. Would you ever try straight proper stand-up? No, I, I did. I was really bad at it. So, yeah. I mean, I can tell stories. I can talk about my life, but I just don't think I'm that interesting. I'd rather make things up, to be honest. As, uh, you know, who needs another T-shirt philosopher? Well, speaking of making things up, critics have often described your shows as quite surreal. So, do you have a certain method of going about writing your material? Um, I write backwards. I always have a um, the finale before I have the story, which is pretty lame, but... It seems to work for me. I've definitely, which is the opposite of the new show that I've got coming up. Um, I worked out the finale live on stage about a month ago, which was kind of cool. But um, yeah, generally I'll, fi- I'll find an end and then work backwards. It's a good way of writing because then you've got a big bang at the end that you know you've got. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the way I do it. Do you write on stage or do you often prepare material before? Uh, yeah, no, I always prepare. Um, because I always use a lot of audio and all that type of stuff. So by the time I'm um, trialling the, the first run of the show, it's um, it's in a fairly decent shape. Um, I, I trial all my stuff in a little tiny room above a pub in, in Sydney in a suburb called Glebe. And yeah, I, I generally the people I perform to for the trial are really random, so they're corporate. And if a corporate... Um, you know, like a, what am I saying, like a 50-year-old dude who works in finance laughs at it, then I know I'm onto something. And uh, you were nominated for a Foster's Edinburgh Comedy Award for your Edinburgh show in 2011, Meanwhile, and you're currently performing your Edinburgh 2012 show about the weather at the Soho Theatre. So what can audiences expect from your show? Um, well, a lot of aforementioned uh, audience interaction, a bit of head-scratching, um, if you're an older member of the audience, you might be. You, there's a, quite a few references uh, musically that you probably won't get, so be prepared for that. Um, I don't know. Just, just, just be prepared to come. And have you always used um, a lot of props in your shows? Yeah, I kind of have, um, which is kind of lame, I guess. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just seem to. I like having a set. I like making it a bit special. There's, uh, you know, so many shows, it's just, you could close your eyes and just listen, I guess. I like the fact that you can look and it's visual. And do you find that you get heckled a lot? 
Um, oh, no, not really. Touch wood. Like I'm. I, I think. I mean, there's an uber confidence when I'm on stage. It's not like you would try to fuck with me. I think people trust. I feel like people trust me now. They know that, like, hey, it's going to be weird, but um, let's go with him because he seems to be pretty good at being weird. So why why would you ruin that experience? I mean, I'm sure toward the end of this week, I'll get some Christmas party parties into the show. Um, so I'm sure, yeah, there'll be, there'll, there'll be a bit of yelling out and stuff like that. But generally, no, they leave me alone. Do you want to be heckled more? I'd rather that than apathy. Um, there's nothing worse than an audience just sitting there in silence, just going, you're so weird, we're not going to give you anything. I find that that's just ruder. Just, I'd rather react to something than, than that. That seems to be my London experience in general, is uh, huge swathes of the audience just sitting there in absolute boredom um, because I don't know why. I don't know why. They want to watch a sweaty bald man for an hour, fair enough. That's not their thing. Do you have a favourite venue that you prefer performing in? Um, I've got a favourite city. It's Adelaide. Um, it's my hometown in Australia, which is, you know, always given a lot of um, crap for being, uh, you know, not a great place. Um, and it is. It's wonderful and it's, it's, the people are warm and it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's my favourite place. Um, Edinburgh audiences are good too. What advice would you give to people thinking of taking shows up to the Edinburgh Festival? Um, really know what you want. I'm not going back this year. Um, but, yeah, really, I, I guess m- maybe go and experience first without having a show and just having a look around and seeing as much stuff as possible. But, um, look, I don't know. I, look, it's weird. I don't know about this whole comedy career thing anyway I mean it's yeah it's it it feels so calculated now like people leave university and they see it as a career option is to get into comedy so it's a bit weird and do you have any tips or advice for aspiring comics um really ask yourself what you're doing it for um you know if you just want to sit on the end of panel shows on television then I don't know. Look, I've got no. I've got no advice. I mean, I don't even see myself as a comedian. I just do weird performance art shit that people seem to laugh at. So, um, yeah, I don't know whether. Um, no, I don't, I've got no advice for you guys. Sorry. And do you have any tips or advice for students? Oh, look, just have fun. Do get drunk. Um, go, be, go be silly. Um, fall over, make mistakes, sleep with the wrong people. Just yeah, go for it. Have fun. <laughs>